Hi, I'm Arun George and you're listening to 3 Things, the Indian Express news show. In today's episode we're taking a closer look at a wedding in Uttar Pradesh that was stopped thanks to a controversial new law and a tip off. We're also looking at the latest step taken by the farmers agitation in the national capital. But first, we're looking at the latest point of argument between the central government and the West Bengal government following an attack on the convoy of the BJP chief during his visit to the state. On the 10th of December, BJP chief JP Nadda was travelling in West Bengal for a party event when his convoy was attacked. Several BJP leaders were among those who were said to have been injured in the attack. But the event also restarted a familiar war of words between the state government and central government. The central government also summoned three Indian Police Service or IPS officers from the state on central deputation, which means they'd be posted with the central government. To understand what's happened since the attack and the battle over the police officers, we're now speaking with the Indian Express's Otri Mitra in Kolkata. Otri, could you start by talking about what happened with JP Nadda's convoy? Basically, that day, JP Nadda scheduled a meeting in Diamond Nagar that is almost 80 to 90 kilometers far away from Kolkata. And they are going to Diamond Nagar by uh, road, at least 60 kilometers from Kolkata at Shirakul. The BJP chief's convoy was attacked with bricks, stones, and sticks. Some leaders were injured. Basically, Nadda's convoy passed away. After that, uh, the third or fourth car, the agitated workers of Trinomul, allegedly, they attacked the convoy with bricks, stones, and sticks. And BJP blamed uh, on supporters of Trinomul Congress. Video clips showed rocks massing through windscreens and windows as the cars moved on the Diamond Harbour Road. And BJP said it leaders like Kavilas uh, Bijarbegua and Mukul Rai were injured. In his speech after the incident, the BJP chief condemned the attack. Nadda said it should motivate the party's workers to remove what he said was the Gundaraj in the state and bring democracy there. The Trinamul Congress refuted the claims and said that a BJP leader had provoked the crowds which resulted in the chaos. Since then, the central government has responded by seeking a meeting with top officials in the state like the Director General of Police and the Chief Secretary. But on what grounds did these officials decline to attend the meeting? Basically, Union Home Ministry first seek the report from the whole incident from the Governor Jagdeep Dhankar. And Jagdeep Dhankar sent a report to Union Home Ministry. Following the incident, Governor Dhankar, who has had a long-running war of words with Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee and the state government, held a press conference in which he condemned the attack. The law and order situation in the state has been continually worsening for long in spite of my caution to the Honorable Chief Minister, Police and Administration on numerous occasions. Otri says that after the report was sent by the Governor, the Union Home Ministry wrote to the state government summoning the topmost bureaucrat of the state, Chief Secretary Olopon Bondopadhyay and Director General of Police Virendra. 
But West Bengal government was not ready to send these two officers to Delhi for attending the meeting. And Indian Home Ministry uh, cited that a law and order situation in the state, including the incident that regarding certain Z category protectees, because Nadda was Z category protectees, and also their Mukul Raya and Kuala's other leaders also, some of them are Y category and Z category protectees. Basically, Union Home Ministry accused state government that administration is violated, major security lapse on Z category securities. However, the West Bengal government's chief secretary wrote back to the Union Home Ministry secretary asking him not to seek the presence of the top officials at the meeting. And uh, at the meeting, saying that state government is already addressing this issue with utmost seriousness. And in his letter, Mr. Bandupadhyay said that three cases already registered, two for vandalism at Usti and Falta police station under Diamond Harbor police districts had been registered and seven percent already arrested in the matter. And there was no lapse in the security for the Z category protectees. And uh, he said that West Bengal police had provided a bulletproof car and a pilot to see J.P. Nadda, which was in addition to the escort. The chief secretary also said that multiple senior police officials were stationed in the area at the time to ensure Nadda's security. In short, the chief secretary refuted all the allegations that the state government had fallen short in any way. Since this reply, the central government has now asked certain police officers to return to the government of India's deputation. Um, the question that arises is, do these officials have anything to do with the providing of security for the Nadda convoy? And could you explain who these officials are? Earlier I mentioned, in Alapan Bandhubadda's letter also, he mentioned the DIG police of the range, that is DIG president's range, Pravin Tipati, was the sole responsible officer of that uh, area's security. And that area is under the uh, police district of Diamond Harbor. So the SP, police super of the Diamond Harbor district, Golanath Pandey, and ADG of the South Bengal range, that is Rajiv Misra, also because he is the supreme boss of uh, Pravinti party, but uh, next boss of the Pravinti party. So he is also responsible. So these three police personnel, these three IPS officer, is the responsible for the securities and other things. Basically, all three IPS officials were in charge of Nadda's security since he receives Z category security. Otri says that there are certain protocols in place if more than one person with Z or Y category security are traveling. And as per those norms, these three IPS officials would have been responsible for the security. IPS officers can be summoned for deputation by the central government. But it isn't unusual for a state government to not relieve these officials of their duties in the state. Given the current state of relations between the central and state government, the West Bengal government hasn't taken very kindly to the central government taking this decision. State government basically fumed over this order from Union Home Ministry. The state government officials said, uh, and also the inner circle of the top political arena of the Mamata Banerjee also said that uh, we are taking all the necessary steps against this attack and we are already registered three FIRs and we are taking all the necessary steps and with utmost seriousness we are investigating the incident. So if central government pulled three major officers, so how could I further investigate this case? Those who are uh, sole responsible of the incident 
they are major officers in our police force. So uh, state government declined to send these three officers to the central government and uh, they already wrote a letter to the central government from home department of west bengal government one joint secretary already wrote to home ministry that we can't send these officers to you they are very good officers as we said earlier it's not unusual for a state government to turn down a central government deputation for a police official the central government's decision is supposed to prevail in such cases but it's also unusual for the central government to defy a state government's demand but remember that this is also the west bengal government which has been on a collision course with the central government over various issues including over issues regarding bureaucrats and police officials othri says in west bengal this is very normal mamta banerjee went for the jo bolta hai amna samne jo confrontation jo hidden collision hidden confrontation she went with central government in the such incident you can remember that when cbi went to diden police commissioner um, rajiv kumar in a case in a saroda cheat fund case to question uh, the police commissioner and detained him then mamta banerji went in front of the police commissioner's house and then she went to metro channel and started dharna and rajiv kumar also went there he also attended the dharna and home secretary she called there to sit there othri also talks about the 2016 elections when the election commission transferred some ias and ips officials to ensure smooth polling again this isn't something very unusual ahead of polls Mamta Banerjee held a press conference and said when i will come back as a chief minister i will reinstate these officers and i will not obey this order basically but what has been her success rate in a sense with uh, such things when she's taken on the center has she always been successful in getting her way this type of fight never end basically this is a basically central state relation factor and both have the power to control ips officers and ips officer or ias officers they're in between them basically so in many cases mamta banerjee defeated in rajiv kumar cases mamta banerjee after the cbi went to court and after that court ordered that cbi can uh, interrogate him and he has to present there he has to answer the questions of the cbi and he went there and uh, investigation happened uh, after that so many cases mamta banerjee defeated and election commission can transfer that officers after mamta banerjee came at the office in 2016 he went with a huge majority with 116 out of 294 and after he took oath as chief minister he passed uh, passed the order of reinstate that officers which officers transferred by election commission before we get to the next segment i just wanted your quick attention One of the big reasons people say that they like this show is because it helps them understand the news better. It provides them with the context they need to see the bigger picture. And there's perhaps no other place that does this better than the Indian Express's explained section. We on three things refer to the section regularly and it helps us make this show. If you're a regular reader of the newspaper, you know how useful the explained section can be, especially when you're looking for in-depth analysis by the right experts. You can log into indianexpress.com/explained and access their coverage 24/7. Explained by the Indian Express. 
when news that matters is explained by experts who know the subject now back to the show since uttar pradesh passed its controversial new law which claims to prohibit what it says are unlawful religious conversions critics have argued that it targets interfaith marriages in an early episode we discussed the many ways in which this law violates people's rights guaranteed by the constitution and while the government maintains that it is only against forced religious conversions it is seen as a law targeting what hindu groups term as love jihad despite the objections to the law and its flaws the law remains in force in the state for now and there have been multiple cases filed under it the indian express's manish sahu had also reported earlier this month about how the law was being selectively used by the police in one case when a muslim man alleged that his daughter had been forcibly converted so that she could marry her hindu husband the police argued that their wedding took place before the law came into force but in another case the police detained a man and his wife who had converted to islam despite the wife claiming that they had been married since july the couple were held while seeking to register their marriage last week there was also another unusual case reported in the district of kushinagar which lies around 320 kilometers from the state capital of lucknow avnish mishra from the indian express's lucknow bureau reported about how the police stormed a wedding on the 8th of december after receiving a tip off police of kasia police station they received a phone call informing that there is a wedding going to take place where a muslim guy is going to marry a hindu woman and that will be a crime under the new anti love jihad law so police acted on that and they went to the place where the wedding was going to take place and they brought the couple and the cleric and the person who was facilitating the marriage uh, they brought all of them to the police station then later that night uh, after the police started investigating they talked to the family of the girl and everything they came to know that the woman was also a muslim in the first place so there was no merit to the allegation and uh, it did not uh, fulfill the prerequisite conditions for that to fall under the new anti love jihad law on the face of it it would seem like all those present at the wedding were taken to the police station and later released after the police found it did not violate the law but avnish says there's more to the story i talked to the groom the bridegroom himself and uh, in a very long t- telephonic conversation with the indian express what he told me is that the point where the police came and started questioning them and took them to the police station that much is understandable because if the police is getting some information they definitely have to act on it they have to verify everything but what the person was alleging is that back at the police station he was brutally beaten up because the police was questioning him and they were making allegations like you are doing love jihad and everything and he was brutally beaten up that's the allegation and in fact he goes on to say that he was beaten up with belts remember this alleged torture took place despite the bride having told the police that she was already muslim and hadn't even converted for the wedding and she had consented to it and the important thing is that what he told me is that when the police talked to the family of the girl who lives in azamgarh which is around 130 140 kilometers from kushinagar so they asked the brother to come or the brother himself offered to come so they asked the couple to stay at the police station until the brother comes and definitely because there is some distance between both the district the brother was able to reach the next day so till that time as per the allegation made by the the groom he and the girl were kept at the police station overnight avnish says there's another reason the couple were kept overnight at the police station 
there was a missing persons report registered in Azamgarh on December 4, around six days before this this incident took place. So police later came to know that this uh, missing persons report has been filed. So that is the reason they asked the brother to come. Then they said that whatever the brother will say, we will follow that. If the brother agrees for you guys to get married, we will allow that. Uh, how was the matter resolved finally? So what the police is saying that uh, after they started investigating, they talked to the family of the girl and the family members uh, sent a photo of her Aadhaar card, which uh, ultimately confirmed her identity as a Muslim. And they made a video call and everything. So after that, the police did not have any reason to you know, keep the couple into custody. They were majors and they belonged to the same faith. So yeah, there was no reason for them to stop the marriage. But one small query is that as per the allegations made by the, the, the guy himself, the police still did not allow them to go and ask them that we will let you go when the brother of the girl comes. And whatever he says, we are going to do that if he allows that you guys can marry, then we will do that. So that's the thing. But finally, next day, when the brother came and he said that if my sister is willing to marry this guy, then I we do not have any problem and they can go ahead with the marriage. So next day, on Wednesday, they both got married. So what were the girls' families' potential issues with this marriage? As in, did they have any objection to it in the first place of any kind? Yeah, initially, uh, what, what what the couple was telling me, initially they had some objections because there was a lot of age difference between uh, the girl and the guy. So while the man, Hather Ali, is 39 years old, the girl is just 28. And the important thing is that Hather was married before and his wife died around 10 years ago. So that was one issue. And when I was talking about talking to the guy and asking about like how all these things started, he was not much willing to talk about their love story. But he said that because they were going for a love marriage, there was some objections. But after this whole episode started with the police involved and everything, they finally decided that if both are willing, then they do not have any objection. The fact that the group Hyderali has alleged torture by the police, has there been any action taken on that account? See, that allegation is completely denied by the police. I have talked to the SP and I have talked to other officials. In fact, next day after the story was published and it was widely circulated on Twitter and other social media platforms, the police also issued a clarification that there was no such thing as like the guy was beaten up or something. But at the same point, we cannot deny that the person who is the victim, who is the potential victim here, Hather Ali, is... Like on record, he's saying that he was badly beaten up. He was brutally beaten up at the police station. And one police official was asking the other to skin him. And uh, he was beaten up with the belts. And what would the technical uh, redressal for something like this be? What could a Hyder Ali do? Does he have to file an FIR? Or could the police have, say, initiated their uh, probe on their own? Yeah, definitely. The problem is that he hasn't, like, went to the officials. He is not talking to the media anymore. He made these allegations while he was talking to me because I was probably the first media organization to reach him out. So he was much more candid when he was talking to me. I'm not saying this, but there might have been some pressures or he might be, you know, a little scared after this whole, like, uh, the news story spread across the country. 
So I cannot say what is happening now, but it definitely has the options to reach to the higher authorities and make these allegations that he was beaten up or he can also get an FIR registered if he's willing. Uh, but the police wouldn't take up the matter on its own. Police can also do that. But uh, when the senior officials are absolutely denying it, then uh, I don't see a possibility of that happening. Since the incident, there have been multiple reports about how the police were actually acting on the missing persons complaint filed by the woman's family. And not because they were told it was an interfaith marriage. But Avni says that's wrong. Even the district SP himself is saying that they were not acting on a missing persons report. They acted when they got a phone call which alleged that uh, a love jihad marriage is going to take place under which a Muslim guy is going to marry a Hindu woman after converting her. And when they brought the couple to the police station and started inquiring, when they reached out to the girl's family, and after that, when they reached out to the local police station, only then they came to know that there has been a missing persons report. So saying that that police was initially you know, acting on a missing persons report is absolutely wrong. They later came to know about the missing persons report and uh, initially they were acting on the allegations of the love jihad. So, uh, one question that arises is, did the police ever track down this person who effectively made a false allegation and disrupted a wedding and possibly even resulted in the torture of a person? So, I have talked to the police about this. I asked the concerned circle officer that, uh, are you going to take action against the person who made these allegations and which turned out to be wrong? So, what they said is that, if a person is giving some information that person initially received and the police is acting on it. Though that information turned out to be wrong, but there is always a possibility that if some person is passing on in some information to the police, there is always a possibility of that being wrong. So what he said that if that person went on to get an FIR registered against a person, then there is an IPC section which can be imposed for giving the false information or trying to, you know, defame someone. But because it was just an information, a verbal information, there is no criminal charges which can be imposed against the person. Avni says the police know who gave them the tip-off about the wedding that resulted in the couple being detained. And Avni even spoke with him. I myself talked to the person. So his name was Mustakim Ali and he works as a watchman in the village. So what he told me is that some Hindu locals came to him and gave this information. And because he's the watchman of the village, he felt that this was his responsibility to inform the police. However, when I asked him that who were those people who gave you that information, he said that he does not know their name. किसानों ने कल एक दिन के उपवास का ऐलान किया है। उन्होंने अपील की है पूरे देश की जनता से कि उनके किसानों के समर्थन में सब लोग एक दिन का उपवास रखें। that's Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal promising to fast for a day in solidarity with the protesting farmers at Delhi's borders. Farmers groups that are leading the agitation in the capital, that is entering its third week, said they would fast for a day as part of the protest against the three central government laws. Meanwhile, Union Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar accused the opposition parties of orchestrating propaganda against the new farm laws. Tomar said that these laws may cause some difficulty for some time in the short term, but will be beneficial to farmers in the long run. 
You were listening to the Three Things by the Indian Express. Today's show was written and produced by me, Arun George, and as always, was edited and mixed by our producer Joshua Thomas. Before we go, here's another reminder to check out Indian Express's Explained page. You can log on to indianexpress.com/explained and find in-depth analysis by the right experts. It has everything you need to know to understand the news better and see the bigger picture. If you like the show, then do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also recommend the show to someone you think will like it. Share it with a friend or someone in your family. It's the best way for people to get to know about us. You can also tweet us at Express Audio and write to us at podcast at indianexpress.com.